Hello, and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today, I'll be reading Brother and Sister. A little brother took his little sister by the hand and said, Since our mother died, we've not had one moment of happiness. Our stepmother beats us every day, and when we come near her, she kicks us away with her foot. We get nothing but hard crusts of bread, just leftovers for food, and the dog under the table is better off. At least he gets a good chunk of meat to eat every now and then. Lord, have mercy on us if our mother only knew. Come, let's go off together into the wide world. They walked over meadows, fields, and stones the entire day, and when it began to rain, the sister said, God and our hearts are weeping at the same time. In the evening, they came to a great forest and were so exhausted from their grief, hunger, and long journey that they crept into a hollow tree and fell asleep. When they woke up the next morning, the sun was already high in the sky and warmed the tree with its rays. Sister, said the brother, I'm thirsty. If only I knew where to find a spring, I'd go and have a drink right away. Listen, I think I hear one gurgling. The brother stood up, took his sister by the hand, and set out to look for the spring. However, the evil stepmother, who was a witch, had noticed that the children had run away. She had gone slinking after them in secret, as witches often slink, and had put a curse on all the springs in the forest. So, when they found a spring rushing and leaping over stones, the brother wanted to take a drink, but the sister heard the gurgling spring say, "'Whoever drinks of me will be turned into a tiger.' Then the sister exclaimed, "'Please, brother, don't drink, or else you'll turn into a wild beast and tear me to pieces.' Even though he was very thirsty, the brother did not drink. Instead, he said, "'I'll wait until we reach the next spring.' When they reached the next spring, once again the sister heard what it was babbling. "'Whoever drinks of me will be turned into a wolf. Whoever drinks of me will be turned into a wolf.' "'Brother!' the sister exclaimed. "'Please don't drink, or else you'll be turned into a wolf and eat me up!' The brother did not drink, and said, "'I'll wait until we reach the next spring, but then I must drink, no matter what you say. My thirst is much too great.' When they came to the third spring, the sister heard the babbling of the spring. "'Whoever drinks of me will be turned into a deer. Whoever drinks of me will be turned into a deer.' "'Oh, brother!' the sister exclaimed. "'Please don't drink, or else you'll be turned into a deer and run away from me.' But the brother, who was already kneeling at the spring, leaned over and drank some of the water. Immediately after a few drops had touched his lips, he lay there in the form of a fawn. The sister began weeping over her poor bewitched brother, sitting sadly at her side, and the little fawn wept too. Finally the girl said, "'Hush, my dear little fawn, I shall never forsake you.' She took off her golden garter and put it around the fawn's neck. Then she pulled up some rushes and wove them into a soft rope, which she attached to the little animal. Afterward she led him onward and deeper into the forest." When they had gone a long, long way, they came to a little house, and the girl looked inside. Since it was empty, she thought, we might as well stay and live right here. So she looked for leaves and moss and made a soft bed for the fawn. Every morning she went out and gathered roots, berries, and nuts for herself, and for the fawn she brought back tender grass, which he ate out of her hand. This made him content, and he would romp around her in a playful fashion. 
At night, when the sister was tired and had said her prayers, she would lay her head on the back of the fawn. That was her pillow, and she would fall into a sweet sleep. If only the brother could have regained his human form, it would have been a wonderful life. For a long time they lived like this, all alone in the wilderness. However, it came to pass that the king of the country held a great hunt in the forest, and soon horns could be heard along with the barking of dogs and the merry cries of the huntsmen. The fawn listened to the sounds and longed very much to be a part of it all. Ah, he said to his sister, let me go and join the hunt. I can't bear it any longer. He kept pleading until she gave her consent. But make sure you're back here by evening, she said to him. I'm going to lock the door to keep the brutal hunters out. And when you return, I want you to knock on the door and say, my little sister, let me in. That way I'll recognize you. If you don't say this, I won't open the door. Then the fawn ran off, glad and merry to be out in the open air. The king and his huntsmen saw the beautiful creature and set out in pursuit, but they could not catch up with him. Whenever they thought they had him for sure, he would burst through the bushes and disappear. When it got dark, he ran back to the little house, knocked, and said, My little sister, let me in. The little door was opened for him, and he jumped inside. Then he rested the entire night on his bed. The next morning the hunt began anew, and when the fawn heard the horn again and the tally-ho of the huntsman, he became very restless and said, Sister, open the door, I must be off. The sister opened the door for him and said, Remember, you must be back by evening and say the passwords. When the king and his huntsman saw the fawn with the golden collar once more, they all pursued him, but he was still too swift and nimble for them. All day long they chased him, but finally by evening they had surrounded him. Then one huntsman wounded him slightly on his foot, and as the fawn slowly ran away, he was limping. This allowed a huntsman to trail him all the way to the house, and he heard the fawn cry out, My little sister, let me in. He watched the door open and close quickly, and took note of all that happened. Then the huntsman went back to the king and told him about everything he had seen and heard. "'Tomorrow we shall hunt again,' the king said. Meanwhile, the sister was greatly distressed when she saw her little fawn was wounded. She washed off the blood, placed herbs on the wound, and said, "'Now go to bed, my dear fawn. You must let your wound heal.' Actually, the wound was so slight that the fawn could not even feel it the next morning. And, once again, when he heard the merry cries of the hunt outside, he said, "'I can't bear it. I've got to be there.' I won't make it easy for them to catch me. The sister wept and said, Now they'll kill you and I'll be left alone in the forest, forsaken by the whole world. I'm not going to let you out. Then I'll die of misery, responded the fawn. Whenever I hear the sounds of the hunting horn, I feel as if I were going to burst out of my skin. After he said that, the sister could no longer refuse, and with a heavy heart she opened the door for him. The fawn bounded cheerfully and sprightfully into the forest. When the king caught sight of him, he said to his huntsman, Now, I want you to chase him the whole day long and into the night, but make sure that you don't harm him. Later, as the sun began to set, the king turned to the huntsman and said, All right, take me and show me the little house in the forest. After the king arrived at the front door, he knocked and called out, Dear little sister, let me in. The door opened, and upon entering, the king stood face to face with the most beautiful maiden he had ever seen in his life. 
The maiden was frightened when she saw it was a man with a golden crown on his head and not her fawn. Yet he looked at her in a kind way, and after extending his hand, he said, Would you like to come with me to my castle and be my dear wife? Oh, yes, responded the maiden, but the fawn must come with me too. I won't ever forsake him. He can stay with you as long as you live, said the king, and he shall want for nothing. Just then the little fawn came running in, and the sister attached the rope of rushes to him, took the rope in her own hand, and led him out of the house. The king lifted the beautiful maiden onto his horse and brought her to his castle, where the wedding was celebrated with great splendor. Now the sister was queen, and for a long time they all lived together in happiness. The fawn was well tended and ran about the castle garden. In the meantime, the evil stepmother, who had caused the children to run away in the first place, thought that the sister had been torn to pieces by wild beasts, and that the brother, as a fawn, had been shot to death by huntsmen. When she learned instead how happy they were, and how well everything was going for them, jealousy and resentment stirred in her heart and gave her no peace. Her one and only thought now was to find a way to bring about their misfortune again. Her own daughter, who was as ugly as sin and had only one eye, reproached her by saying, I'm the one who should be queen. Why don't I have any luck? Just be quiet, said the old woman, who gave her reason to be satisfied. When the right time comes, I'll know what to do. Finally, the right time came. The queen gave birth one day to a baby boy while the king was out hunting. So the old witch assumed the form of the chambermaid, went to the room where the queen was lying, and said to the convalescent, Come, your bath is ready. It will make you feel better and give you fresh strength. Come before it gets cold. The witch's daughter had come too. Together they carried the frail queen into the bathroom, put her into the tub, locked the door, and ran away, for they had made such a terrible fire in the bathroom that the queen was soon suffocated to death. When that was done, the old woman took her daughter, put a nightcap on her, and laid her in bed in place of the queen. She also gave her the shape and features of the queen. However, she could not replace the eye that the daughter had lost. Therefore, the daughter had to lay on the side where she had no eye. That way the king would not notice anything amiss. In the evening, when he returned home and heard his wife had given birth to a baby boy, he was very happy and wanted to go to his dear wife's bedside and see how she was doing. But the old woman cried out quickly, For goodness sake, keep the curtains closed. The queen must not be exposed to light. She needs peace and quiet. The king stepped back and was thus prevented from discovering the false queen lying in the bed. However, at midnight, when everyone else was asleep except the nurse, who was sitting by the cradle in the nursery and watching over the baby all by herself, the door opened and the true queen entered. She lifted the baby out of the cradle, took him in her arms, and suckled him. Then she puffed up his little pillow, put him back in the cradle, and covered him with a little blanket. Nor did she forget the fawn. She went to the corner where he was lying and stroked his back. Then she silently left the room, and when morning came, the nurse asked the guards whether they had seen anyone enter the castle during the night. No, we didn't see a soul, they replied. Thereafter the queen came many nights and never uttered a word. The nurse always saw her, but she did not dare tell anyone about it. After some time had passed, the queen began to speak, and one night she said, How's my child? How's my fawn? Twice more I'll come, then I'll be gone.
The nurse did not answer her, but when the queen disappeared, she went to the king and told him everything. Oh, God, he exclaimed, what's going on? Tonight I'll keep watch over the child myself. In the evening he went to the nursery, and at midnight the queen reappeared and said, How's my child? How's my fawn? Once more I'll come, then I'll be gone. She nursed the child as she usually did, and then disappeared. The king did not dare to speak to her, but he kept watch the following night as well. Once again she said, How's my child? How's my fawn? There's no more time. Soon I'll be gone. The king could no longer restrain himself. He sprang forward and said, You can be no one else but my dear wife. At that very moment, life was restored to her by the grace of God. Indeed, she was alive and well, and the rosy color came back to her cheeks. She then told the king how the evil witch and her daughter had committed cruel crimes against her. So the king had them led before the court, and they received their sentences. The daughter was taken into the forest, where wild beasts tore her to pieces, while the witch was thrown into a fire and miserably burned to death. When there was nothing left of her but ashes, the fawn was transformed and regained his human form. From then on, sister and brother lived happily until the end of their days. The End the Brothers Grim Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other episodes, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments. Or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>